book of Galatians, chapter 5, verses 22 uh, to 25. I'll read it if you can follow along. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Let me pray. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for all that you have done. God, I pray that as we hear this word, that we would understand, Lord, what the fruit of the Spirit is. And as a response to that, know how we can play that out in our own lives as well. God, I pray that we would be confident knowing in your word that we would be focused during this time and that you would bless us with your Holy Spirit. With your Holy Spirit. And so we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Today's sermon title is called Fruit of the Spirit. You know, for the past few months, we've been uh, going through the book of Galatians. And um, last week, Pastor James, he gave a fantastic sermon on what freedom in Christ means. And at the end, one of his last points, he talked about how when you are free in Christ, then the fruit of the Spirit is going to be visible and active in your life. And so what I just want to do is just summarize that one point and just talk about that today. Because what he's saying and what Paul is saying here is that when you believe in Jesus Christ, then you will grow in the fruit of the Spirit. I think this is a really important word for us. Because Paul is saying that if you are a Christian, then there will be signs of growth in your life. That if you are a Christian, that it is inevitable that this fruit of the Spirit will appear and will be growing in your life. But we have to know that it's not just any type of growth. That to grow as a Christian is not necessarily the same thing as growth in the world. It's not necessarily the same thing as growth in maturity. It's not necessarily the same thing as growth in every other aspect. There's a type of biblical growth that Paul is talking about when he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And that's why there's misunderstanding. Because when Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit here, there are Christians who think that they are growing when they're actually not. And that there are actually other Christians who are frustrated because they think they've stalled when they haven't. And so all I want to do today is just give uh, an overview of this passage here, of these, of these few verses. And look at what the fruit of the Spirit is. And there are three things that I want to look at in particular. The first is that the fruit of the Spirit is gradual. Secondly, that the fruit of the Spirit is inevitable. And thirdly, the fruit of the Spirit is connected to one another. Now, the first, the fruit of the Spirit is gradual. Isn't it interesting that Paul would use the word fruit here? The fruit of the Spirit. Because why wouldn't he just say the work of the Spirit? or the characteristics or the traits of the Spirit. It's because he's trying to connect our minds 
with what we know about botanical and plant growth. You see, he's trying to make it obvious and make it super clear about what we know about fruit and what we know about plants and what we know about trees with what it means to grow in the spirit. And one of the main things that we know about plant growth is that it's gradual. For tree growth, you know, you can't see it happen in front of your eyes. You know it's happening because I think over time you can see it grow if you maybe come back after a couple years. Or maybe if you put check marks on it, you can see that it's grown. But in the moment, in front of your eyes, you cannot see it happening. I think you can even relate this to people. Uh, if you see a child every day, it's really hard to really see that they've grown. But if you see them only once a year, then that change is obvious. And you know every year that they have grown so much. The reason why it's hard to tell if they've grown is because growth is slow and gradual. And if you see them every day, then it's really difficult to make that distinction. Church, why would Paul say that love, peace, patience, kindness, and goodness are fruit? It's because there are seasons in your life when it feels like you are not growing. Just like trees have seasons and cycles of growth in the summer and they endure in patience in the winter, this may and probably will be your cycle of growth as a Christian. Washington, D.C. is famous for what? It's cherry blossoms. But if you've lived here long enough, then you know that there are times when the cherry blossoms bloom for two hours once a year. And if there's any precipitation, then all of those cherry blossoms come off and you have to wait another year. But I also remember over all of these years that there have been times when cherry blossoms have come and they've lasted for way longer than I've ever expected it to last. There are times when it's been a month, a month and a half, two months almost, where they were in full bloom and it was beautiful. Church, don't be discouraged that you can't see your own growth. And there will be times in your life when God makes drastic changes, but there will also be times in your life when you will need to endure. There will be seasons in your life when God brings so much fruit and he blossoms everything in your life more than you could have ever imagined and for longer than you would have ever have thought. And yet there will also be times when you just have to be patient because you are in a season of waiting and waiting and waiting. Now, if we know that growth is gradual, then the next question is going to be, how do we know we are growing in the right direction? How do we know if we are growing in the fruit of the spirit, like what it says here, 
or if we're growing in the wrong direction, like what Paul says a few verses before in verse 19, like he says in the works of the flesh. Because in either way, we may be growing in a certain way, but how do we really know if we're growing in the right way? There are two ways that we can know. The first is to be tested. You know, I've been trying to run outside more these days. Uh, the gym is closed. It's been uh, a bit frustrating, but it's been also a blessing because I've been able to just know the neighborhood a little bit better. And so I will go out and uh, run around, and when I just think about it, man, it feels like my endurance and my cardio hasn't gotten any better. It feels like I've been running and running, and when I come back home, I am still coughing up a lung, I'm still wheezing, I'm still doing all of these different things, and it still feels like I am at the exact same place I always was. But a couple days ago, I tested myself, and I ran the same route I did three weeks ago. And that is just literally just right around this neighborhood, that one oval period. And I realized that when I was able to finish that same route, it was so much easier than I remember. So much easier. I was still able to breathe. I wasn't drenched as much as I usually was. I was fine. Look, I couldn't tell you before, but I only realized I was getting better after I tested myself. Church, you may be growing in the fruit of the Spirit, or you may not be. You may have the fruit of the Spirit within you, or you may not. But the one way that you can truly tell that you are growing in that is when hardship comes up and you are tested. And look, church, this is the beauty of it because there are times when we are so frustrated at God because it seems like he is giving us the same trial in our life multiple times. It seems like God is giving us the same thorn. He is giving us the same hardship. He is giving us the same difficulty again and again and again, and we become so upset. But church, do not be discouraged at this because he is giving you an opportunity to run the same course so that you can gauge your growth. He is giving you the opportunity to run that same oval so that by the end of it, you can see where you've been and you can see where you are. Has the run been easier this time around? Is your breath a bit easier to catch? God is giving you a test. Use it to gauge your growth. Now, that's the first way. The second way to know if you are growing in the fruit of the Spirit, to know if you're growing in the right direction, is by asking difficult questions. Not to yourself, but to your friends about yourself. Go to people who have known you for a long time. Go to people who have lived with you. Go to people who have eaten with you and ask them, am I growing? Have you seen me grow? This is scary because it could be very humbling. Because some of us have been Christians for a very long time and yet we are still as abrasive and confrontational 
as when we were first saved. Our love for others hasn't grown. Our bitterness hasn't gone down. And our center hasn't pivoted away from ourselves. It's scary because it could be humbling and yet absolutely necessary to ask our friends. On the other hand, there will also be able to point out the ways that you have grown that you would never have been able to see yourself. Some of us have been so frustrated thinking that God hasn't really done any work in us. We are so frustrated because we have sinned again and again and we feel like we are at point zero, that we have plateaued, that we are stalled. And yet what other people have seen in your life is that the growth that God has given you has been astronomical. And that only for you, you are the only one that can't see it that you have not been able to see how God has changed your attitude. You have not been able to see how God has changed your demeanor, that you have not been able to see how much God has pressed upon your heart to love and to be kind and to be gentle and to be more faithful towards him. Look, God may have done a mighty work in your life, and it may be that you are the only one that cannot see it. Ask your friends the difficult questions about yourself. So that's the first part. Secondly, the fruit of the Spirit is supernatural. The fruit of the Spirit doesn't happen through our works. It's not going to happen through our abilities. It's not going to happen through how much we try to love on our own or try to be kind on our own. You see, church, it is always and only supernatural. And if it is supernatural, it means that there is nothing in this world or in this life that will ever stop it from happening. There is no hardship. There is no difficulty. There is no person that you have encountered. There is no person that has spoken badly to you or has fought you or has discouraged you that will ever stop the fruit of the Spirit from blossoming in your life. If you are saved and you believe in Jesus Christ, then there will be be change. You will love more. You will have more peace. You will be more kind. This is the inevitability of the growth of a Christian. There's a reason why Paul is talking about fruit here, why he relates it to nature. The Hoover Dam took multiple years. It took thousands of workers. It is built out of pure concrete, out of some of the strongest material that man could ever build. And yet over time, it will be destroyed by the water. It will be. It is inevitable. The streets in D.C. are paved with concrete and asphalt. It has taken years. It has taken multiple workers. It has taken a very long time to do all that. And yet over time, a tree will break through. Over time, there is nothing in this world that will triumph over nature. And if nature has that type of power over time, then how much greater is the power of the Holy Spirit in your life? 
Paul says that when we are saved by faith alone in Jesus Christ, then we have the fruit of the Holy Spirit within us. It's not the fruit of man. It's not the fruit of our works. It's not the fruit of our abilities. It is the fruit of the Holy Spirit that will be greater than anything in this world. And what happens when tribulation and trials come is that it is only going to help us grow as Christians. It will only help us to grow in love. It will only, only help us grow in kindness. It will only help us to grow in gentleness. These things, whether good or whether bad, will only help us to grow closer to him it is what is, is what God means when he is in control of all things it is what it means when God is in control of even what Satan does it is what it means when God is even in control of COVID-19 of the of your financial difficulties of your relational problems of your fights that you have with your family, of all these different things, good or bad, God is able to use those things to grow you in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It is inevitable because it is supernatural, church. But here's a warning for us. We can fool ourselves into thinking that we are growing in the Holy Spirit when we're actually not. You know, Martin Luther was one of the hardest working men in the church before he was saved. He gave to the poor. He read the Bible. He prayed to God. And yet, he was not growing in the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is internal change. The external things of giving to the poor of feeding the homeless, of clothing the naked are all after effects of this internal change. Do you see that? In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul, he talks about this even more because he says that you can do a lot of good works, that you can give all, everything that you have, but if you do not change internally, it is worthless. He says, look, you can speak like an angel, he says, you can give everything that you have. You can teach the Bible. You can perform the greatest of miracles. And yet, if you do not have love, one of the fruits of the Spirit, it is worthless. If you do not have patience, it is worthless. Why? Because love is patient. Because love is kind. Love encompasses you see the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's easy to fool ourselves into thinking that we are growing if God is using our talents to change other people's lives. But if other people's lives are changing, but yours isn't, then the fruit of the Holy Spirit is growing in them, not in you. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is internal change, and the after effects are the actions. And church, I just want you to be careful about this. Don't fool yourself into thinking something. Know that it comes from inside. Each person inside of what they're, what, what they're doing and who they are. Are you growing in love? Are you growing in joy? Are you growing in patience? Are you growing in kindness? Are you growing in gentleness? And it's from those things, from the internal change that you're experiencing here, 
that the external actions will naturally come out. And it's why we've said before, again and again, that it's not something that we have to try to do on our own. We can't try to love people more. We can't try to physically be more kind. It doesn't work that way. It comes from the inside. And all of those things, all the actions are just a result of that. So church, is that where you are today as well? Lastly, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is being connected with all the other fruit. You see, church, this word fruit that Paul uses is in the singular in the Greek. He doesn't say fruits of the Holy Spirit. He says the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And in the Greek, it's the exact same. Paul uses the singular here. And this isn't a mistake because what he's saying is that all the fruit that we read here, it all comes together, it is all one, it is one package deal as we move forward as a Christian. It's not you get one, then you get the other, then you get the other. No, no, no. He's saying it all comes together at once, together, gradually. We don't pick and choose what we're good at. We don't pick and choose and say, man, I'm better at love or I'm better at kindness or I'm better at gentleness. And so, you know what, Monday I'm going to be more joyful and then Tuesday I'm going to be more gentle and then Wednesday I'm going to be more kind. That's not how it works. He doesn't ever let us think that way. These aren't fruits. It is the fruit of the Spirit. And the reason why I think this can be confusing is because for us we can pick and choose with our sins. These are the works of the flesh, and yet it is the fruit of the Spirit. You see, for sins, we can say, on Monday, you know, I'm just going to get drunk. On Tuesday, I'm going to go do this. On Wednesday, I'm going to go do that. We can plan and think about what sin we want to do. And we can divide it into pieces. And yet, when we grow as Christians, we grow as one. It is linked together. It's not just one flower, two flowers, is a bouquet put together. And there aren't different fruits like there are different gifts of the Holy Spirit. Romans 12, 6, it says we have different gifts according to the grace that God has given us. And so we think, okay, because we're more gifted in this area, that means God is giving that person to be more loving. God is giving that person to be more kind. But for me, that's not, that's not what I've been gifted. Don't mistake the gifts of God with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. There's a difference between the two. God never gives a distinction when it comes to the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And if God never gives a distinction, when it means what it, then what it means is that Christians will grow in these things. Look, a lot of us think that being more loving, that being more kind, that having more self-control means that we have tur- that we have gone from the basic plan to the premium plan. That we think that we've become Christian 1.0 to Christian 2.0. That we think that the, the basic is just trying to believe in Jesus Christ and then only when we mature in our faith that we become really faithful and, and, and the fruit kind of starts from there. But no, no, Paul says that from the very beginning, When you are saved, the fruit of the Spirit begins to form in you. That when you believe in Jesus Christ, that you will become more loving starting from day one. That you will become more kind starting from day one. That you will become more gentle starting from day one. 
that is when you begin to grow in the fruit of the Spirit. And because, of the, because the fruit of the Spirit is connected, then you, are, then you can't have one without the other. All of these virtues, you see, are linked together. You can't have peace without faithfulness. You can't have faithfulness without peace. Let me give you two examples. Peace and faithfulness, they work together. The reason that you have peace in all circumstances is because you have faithfulness. You have faithfulness that God is in control of all situations. The reason you can have peace even when you're going through difficult times is because you know that God is in control, that God is still being faithful in your difficult time. But if you have peace and yet you are unfaithful, then that is not true peace. Church, gentleness and self-control, they go together. Some of us are really accepting of others. We are extremely gentle in that way. Maybe our kind of our demeanor kind of presents itself that way. And people are naturally drawn to us because they know that we are accepting of them, that we are able to not judge them, that we are willing to speak to them in, really, in a really gentle and caring way. But for some of us, the reason why we are so gentle is because we have no true self-control in our own lives. Because we don't have any true self-discipline on our own. And so we feel ashamed and embarrassed to correct others, even when correction is needed. Do you see, church, how all of these fruits, all of these things come together as one? When you are growing, you're not just growing in one. You can't leave the other. They are all interdependent with one another. And church, I know that the fruit of the Spirit is not easy to cultivate because it comes through much testing and it comes through much time. But church, the reason why I wanted to bring this topic up, the reason why I really wanted us to hear this word is because as we pray, I want you to look into your heart and I want you to ask yourself, are these things growing in my life? Is the fruit of the Spirit really growing in me? And if it is, then praise the Lord. Thank him. And ask that God would continue to push you to grow in those things. But if you realize that there isn't any fruit, then now is the time to turn to him and ask him that he would grow it in you. Church, you're not going to be able to do it on your own. You're not going to be able to work as hard as you possibly can in order to grow those things. The fruit of the Spirit is only something that God can do in your life. Paul deliberately says that the sins in verse 19 are works. And he deliberately says that the things, that the virtues in verse 22 are fruit. Stop working so hard. I know that's a word that we wish we could have heard from our parents when we were younger. And I know that's a word that many of us want to hear from our bosses. But don't you realize that God is saying that to you right now? Stop working so hard. Fruit is grown in fertile land. No matter how skilled a gardener may be, he or she cannot grow the fruit on their own. 
all they can do is create the conditions for good fruit to grow. You cannot make yourself more loving, more kind, or more gentle. All you can do is prepare the land. How do you prepare it? In verse 24 and 25, number one, crucify your flesh. And number two, walk in the spirit. To crucify your flesh means to get rid of the things that are already taking up too much importance in your life. It means demoting the things that need to be demoted and promoting the things that need to be promoted. It means placing God first and placing whatever is in the middle of your life last. It means taking out that stuff so that God can be first in your life. And it means to walk in the spirit. It means to remember all that God has done in your life. It means that as you go out for a run or a walk in this weather and and whatever, just looking at all that God has done and just thanking him. It means that when you talk to your family, that when you do a video conference call with your friends, it means that when you do all these different things, that you are thankful that God has given you the technology to be able to connect with one another. And it means that even now for us, that even with all the uncertainty in this world, that we are still able to worship together like this. That even though we are not in a physical building together, we are the church. Because we are here together listening to the word of God, praising his name, and worshiping him. How great and how awesome is he. And so just worship the Lord, crucify your flesh, and walk in the spirit. And the fruit of the spirit will grow in your life. Amen? Let's pray.